0: Boom! Hey Chad. Yeah, hey Cameron. What do you think we're gonna do tonight?
1: We're gonna talk about some stuff and maybe drink. Uh, I I wasn't gonna oh pour yeah. more in a glass, and then I did.
0: Yeah, I um, I got uh, uh I got some Padres brew here.
1: Nice. I turned thirty four today, and uh, my dad got me a bottle of uh, Driftless Glen Single Barrel, which I had not had before. It is there, like mid-tier i think as far as the three or four offerings they have it's kind of in the middle price range wise it's really really good i actually like it more than some of the expensive stuff they offer
0: yeah it's funny you know when you have an, a, a taste you don't have to opt for the most pricey stuff when you know what you enjoy it's good to just enjoy it
1: yeah it's got a neat flavor palette too because it's got like <laughs> A little bit of like maple syrup or maple sugar in there and then i think a bit of licorice at the end and so it goes from and then obviously like that kind of bourbon spiciness so it it has like the the spicy and the sweet in a really nice order as you swallow it and you're like oh this is this is really really good and it's and it's from wisconsin which is cool um it's kind of nice to be like wow there are good bourbons in the midwest like to me, the Midwest is not, you know, we're known for, like, our beer and our cheese and our obesity. And so it's cool when we have something also that's good. Yeah, you should cherish that. Yeah. Cameron, if I, um, if I bitched about my car at all on the show. What show? This show. Opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad.
0: Okay, now you're allowed to complain about your car.
1: Okay. So I have, a, I have a 2014 Lincoln. Um, it was a bit of a hand-me-down gift from my my parents. Uh, I definitely could not afford this new because Lincolns are very expensive. Um the 2014 and like 2015 and maybe 2016 models, the way the dashboard was made to control your, you know, your radio and your uh, air conditioning and stuff like that, they used a really cheap, shitty uh haptic touch uh control panel, oh. thing.
0: yeah, I know exactly the type you're talking about,
1: and after a bit, it bugs out and just decides it's going to operate whether you want it to or not. so half the time I'm driving down the road, my air conditioning is going between zero and a hundred and just going up and down and up and down and up and down like I'm pushing the buttons and uh I've been examining. I've been watching YouTube videos, I've been trying to figure out do I want to. Take this apart myself and fix it because to replace everything would be over a thousand dollars and I'd have to find a a part that is not made anymore because it's an older car. And that's that's the Ford way to do it. They want you to replace the uh the the interface. The other option is you take up take it apart, you find the control panel, and there's a resistor that where the button is and you know you, you tap the button and the resistor is what senses that the button is being tapped and you pluck that fucker off and throw it away and the button doesn't work but uh you can control the air conditioning and the radio and all that other stuff uh with the touchscreen or the steering wheel and uh that's been an interesting back and forth I, I actually made some phone calls this week uh the ford dealer wants me to replace it and a local place in uh, west salem is like, send me this YouTube video you're talking about on how to do this. Maybe we can do it for you. Because, I'll be honest, I probably should not be taking apart the dashboard of my car. Uh, but that is sure. that is the I, I current the odyssey. <clears throat> and uh, I brought this up to Heather today. And I was like, Heather, I'm kind of confident. I think I can do this. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And she's like, hey, Chad, remember when you tried to fix the... Uh, the broken doorknob at work for the custodial closet, and you broke it so bad we had to get a locksmith? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, but your car. And so my confidence really went down after that. But that was extremely funny, and I wanted to repeat it on the show. Because no, that that's, did happen. That is
0: good, and it's also, honestly, it's good life advice. Because I I think, um, okay, let, let's bring up like your Gundam, where... It, 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 you had some learning experiences with it but worst yes. case scenario and the whole thing melts you, you don't feel like you're out that much right and learning experiences are good but if the potential is big enough
1: yeah and like you you watch someone who knows how to take apart a car do this and you're like oh this doesn't look that hard it's just screws and snaps but also I guess the Gundam was mostly snaps and that still pissed me off at a few points I like to think I know my limitations, right? And I, I feel like this is yeah. outside
0: those. Um, and there's the, nothing wrong with being aware of your limitations.
1: The problem is, is if this if this uh, dealership decides they will not do this for me, I am kind of stuck doing it myself. Like, I, might, I could try a couple more local mechanics in the area. Um, there's one or two I, I, I know have good reputations or I've used before that I like. But in general, like, I'm basically going, hey, I need to pay you money so you can break my car. It's just a really specific part of my car that needs to be broken. And I can I understand why mechanics are like, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. Uh, please don't sue me, you know, kind of thing. So I get it, but it is really, it's a fucking stupid thing that broke. Um, but I need to fix it because I cannot keep driving like this because it drives me nuts and I don't pay attention to the road because I'm trying to turn my fucking AC off. That's like, nope, the ghosts say we're, we're, we're running full board today.
0: Yeah. It's it's annoying too that that is such like an inconvenient thing, but it does have actual, you know, effect on your driving.
1: Yeah. Um
0: my car my my car speakers are like all going out. Oh, that sucks. So I kind of just like I have a bluetooth speaker and I just play stuff off of that. Sure. And it's one of those things where I could like have these replaced. But I'm kind of dealing with it. So now I have this like, it's like there's an obvious problem with the car, but it's like how much money do I actually want to spend just so it like works better and I don't have to carry a speaker with me.
1: Yeah. And speaker repair is like a more expensive kind of thing, right? Because they're like luxury items and then they're going to want to upsell you on new speakers or whatever. You might have to replace more than you think to get at them. And if they're in the doors or in the back, like, those can be a huge pain in the ass to get a hold
0: of. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I I got a Kia Soul, and that car, boy, it's such a good car, but if you ever want to fix anything on it, it's a pain to, like, disassemble. Sure. There's no easy access to any of the parts. It's very weird.
1: The newer the car, the the worse that is, too. I remember my old Grand Am. Um, I had a, a rear rear light socket go, um, like brake light thing. And I remember taking it in and they like replaced the bulb and cleaned out the contacts or whatever and charged me, you know, however much for that bullshit. And it didn't fix it. And eventually I went to an auto parts store and I bought a new housing and I replaced that myself. And I felt like a fucking god for a little bit. I was like, I fixed my car. I can do this. But then it's like, are you going to change your own oil? Fuck no, I don't want to change my oil. You want me to go in the engine? Hell no. That's like looking at like a brain. I can't do that. Do I look like a brain surgeon? I'm
0: stupid. It's it's also one of those things where, um like, I'll, I'll go to Jiffy Lube, right? Mm-hmm. Their oil change is pretty affordable. Like, yep. I feel like, hey, this is so cheap. I don't mind them doing it for me. But then they'll also do other stuff. Like, they'll, they'll check things that I didn't know were things, and then those are also cheap to repair.
1: Yeah, like, like filters the, and fluids and
0: stuff. Um, But also just, like, the light bulbs, where it's, like, there's, like, backup lights in my, um, they're, they're, they're like, tertiary lights that help the, uh, the lights be brighter, or if, like, the big bulb goes out, you, you at least have something. Okay. And And, like, one of my tertiary lights went out. It's like, oh, hey, this one's out. Do you, do you want to replace? I was like, well, how much is it? He's like, 30 cents. It's
2: like, yeah.
0: He's like, okay, yeah, we plugged it in already, I guess, whatever. Nice. Um, It's stuff like that where it's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I like my local Jiffy Lube. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's a lot of value in finding, like, that local mechanic that you trust. Because uh, I know so little about cars that it would be really easy to rip me off. But I am hoping that um, that this place, he, he was very open to experimenting, at least to a point. And so when he called me back and he's like, okay, send me this YouTube video and explain exactly what's going on in the email. Um, We might be willing to do this. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because, you know, like the the dealership was like, fuck that. We want to sell you a, a whole thing. But, uh, well, for one thing, good luck finding one that haven't been made in like the last six years. So hopefully next week I'll have an update on my car whether uh, either I've totally fucked it up, I've fixed it, or these other guys have fixed it. But
0: we have a, we now have a new plot. Well, I look forward to hearing the resolution. Um,
1: but how how's how your day, Cameron? Like I said, uh, today's been pretty fun. I've I, I think off show I mentioned I had a couple drinks. I turned thirty four, so I had some I had some birthday drinks.
0: Um, oh, so I got, um, I ordered some models of Etsy. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? So what I got was, um, they're super cool. They're sculpts of Darth Vader and Luke Starkiller from that original Ralph McQuarrie painting. Oh, they're like posed like that. That's cool yeah so I'm gonna try and recreate that painting style because I realized it's actually really like simple because they're nice. both like one color each and just shaded. So it's like, wait a minute, this is actually like achievable. so I might be able to make like a little diorama out of them. Hell yeah. and the uh sculpts came in and I think they look really good. so I'm looking forward to that.
1: Is this that store that we bought the
0: um same mini from Mine's on its way. No, it's actually kind of interesting. um I wonder if I can find it so uh you, you've seen it in that discord um Rixie likes to talk about that star wars game uh yes um there we go so i I don't know do you know anything about Star wars Legion? um no. <laughs> Excuse me. I got like a cough going on. Um, So Star Wars Legion, it's kind of like a, a Warhammer or something. And you have minis and it's like you can get a starter set where it's uh, Empire versus Republic. But they also sell expansion packs. And so the starter set has like a Darth Vader and some Stormtroopers. But if you want a Stormtrooper on a Dewback or if you want an ATST, like you can buy those too. And then they did the prequels. So you can have the droids and the clones and a bunch of those, like, characters. So you can get, like, Count Dooku or whatever. Um, and they start doing stuff from, like, uh, what was it? The Mandalorian. Some Mandalorian characters are getting in. And it's kind of like, hey, are they ever going to do the sequel movies? Because the problem is this game came out right around the time Episode Nine was coming out. So it's like, you know, they're kind of done pushing it and the fan sentiment seems mixed. So, like how do you how do you sell a first order army? Cuz what makes those stormtroopers different than the empire stormtroopers? Sure,
1: that's a good question. It's
0: like eh, yeah, so it's kind of like, boy, I don't know um if they'll ever come out with these. But I was looking and then apparently some fan they, they did a really good job. I want to send you this link. Because they made custom rules for sequel stuff. Including all the cards that would come in an actual box. And they even like did a painting and designed what the box would look like if it was actually for sale. Oh, wow. And the 3D sculpts of all the characters that would come in this hypothetical box. And what's weird is that it almost looks official. Like, it's so good, I'm surprised that this wasn't shut down, like, in a day. I love, like, all the files can just be downloaded right now. <coughs> yeah. Um, And it's just, it's very interesting, because it kept in the the uh, style of the cards, too. Like, if you scroll down, they're all kind of, like, painterly and they do these weird scenes, like there's there's this one where Kylo Ren is like interrogating Ray, but they're both facing the camera in this awkward way. That's exactly what the real cards look like. Oh, nice! Like this isn't just fan art. This is such a dedicated uh, simulation of <laughs> what it would really be. Um, but they also have a store where they sell the models. And so I was just curious, like, oh, I kind of, what if I want a Captain Phasma mini? And so I'm scrolling through and they have a bunch of weird, like deep lore characters, like uh, characters from Star Wars Visions and the Old Republic RPG, like all kinds of stuff. And I found the Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept art ones. And it's like, well, I got to get those.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so fun when like the fan communities do stuff like this and like make like premium level shit. Then you almost get kind of get used to it, and so you get into something that is not, like, huge like Star Wars, and you're like, oh, where's all the cool fan stuff to, like, circumvent the fact that uh, the the product in hand, or the IP, at, is not, like, making exactly what I want. Like, there's been anime and stuff that I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could find, like, miniatures of, like, Utna and Anthe from Imaginary or Revolutionary Girl Utna. The answer is no, at least not easily. And I'm like, oh, I thought this anime was bigger, but maybe it's not. And I guess, it's maybe my fault I can't do this, whereas I can get every Dragon Ball Z character on the sun. Because, obviously, like, three times as many people, or probably 30 times as many people watch Dragon Ball Z.
0: There was another thing. So, on this topic of, like, fan community built stuff, um, have, you've seen those, like, things going around where there's, like, a website where you can, like, fuse Pokemon... Yeah, I've seen some of those. Uh, Did you know that they made a game? No. So they built in... It's basically a ROM hack of Pokemon Sapphire. Oopsie me. Got the wrong link. Here it is. Uh, It's like a ROM hack of Sapphire. But what they did was they included, like, fused Pokemon and basically this engine... And so you can actually fuse Pokemon you catch into new ones that are usable.
1: That's a really interesting idea. I, I'm kind of curious how it plays out, right? Like, because you could make a you could make a, a, an absolute mess of that, and there's so many Pokemon. But you have a timestamp, so I'm gonna click play and right now.
0: And it's just... It, that's... Oh, I love that. So there's a Shuckle with a tongue and it's just a Shuckle shell with a bunch of tongues coming out of it.
1: Yeah, that looks like an Eldritch Horror. Like, that would be in the Mouth of Madness.
0: Um. Meanwhile, his Pokemon that was, like, just two birds, it actually kind of just looked like a regular bird. Yeah. Like, it's like, sometimes you get things that are, like, clearly inside jokes... And then there's other ones where it's like, "Oh, I forgot that was a fake pokemon."
1: <laughs> I like how like the uh some of these the way they look to are just like it's like, "Oh, that's an in game pokemon. Look how big that is." And then it's uh you know, level 3. Also, this guy his uh, his little double bird uh not doing not doing him super great. He keeps dying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so what else is fun about this game? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you can kind of set how it works. Like you're basically you're running Sapphire. You, you can stop it here if you want. Okay. But uh, you're basically running Sapphire, but with a like a randomizer, which is like a an emulation like modified thing that you can do to tweak games as they're playing. And there's a lot of settings, so you can set it so that you never encounter mixed Pokemon, and it just plays normal, but you can mix your own. Okay. Or uh, you only encounter mixed ones, and you can't mix it. And you can basically, like, customize your own rule set. And there's, like, some of them have, like, warnings where it's like, hey, this one might break the game, you might get softlocked at some point. But if you're just, you know, playing in a short burst, who cares? It's it's fun to see how crazy it gets, and then there's other ones where it's like people will have Nuzlocke challenges, where it's like here's the very specific rules we're doing this run, and everyone's on the same page, and it's very interesting.
1: It really comes back to like the the things the fans will do to either extend the IP or just like amuse themselves. I know like the Bloodborne games and Souls, uh, Dark Souls. The different run scenarios people will come up with to just, like, keep playing the game. Uh, not to mention the weird uh, ROMs and hacks and stuff to randomize things or or ma- mess with your gear and stats. And it's it's kind of cool that, like, if you find a thing you really like, you can kind of just extend your love for it indefinitely now. Like, communities are so big and so creative that you can find your one thing and be like, I'm good for a decade. I will not run out of stuff to do.
0: And I like it.
1: Yeah. So, speaking of like it, I have a, I wanted to bring, I I read another book. I know a couple episodes ago I bitched about a book for almost the whole episode. (laughs) I don't want to do that this time, but I am curious to get your thoughts on something. Okay. Uh, Particularly like when you handle, like the handling of twist endings. Uh, you know the last handful of minutes of a movie or in this case the last couple pages of a book or maybe the last like cut scene of a video game where you don't like the twist and it feels like you've spent a lot of time to get to a destination and then the destination's like eh. uh, so for this example i, I was reading uh, where the crawdads sing by delia owens i think was the name I'm going to spoil the shit out of this book, I imagine, so if anybody's like getting ready to watch the movie or read it uh skip ahead like ten or fifteen minutes. Well, that's
0: right. they did make a movie, huh?
1: yeah, apparently the movie's pretty good uh critically okay, it did cool. not do well, but audiences seem to really like it.
0: you know what that's a better endorsement
1: <laughs> it's that's fair um so this this book is about uh a girl named Kaya, who grows up in the marshes of florida uh she's really poor she's got an abusive dad and she's largely left to fend for herself like her family abandons her and she's got to learn how to like cook she's got to learn how to live she's left basically with the house and nothing um and a lot of the book is her growing up and it's really good the first like third of this novel fantastic the writing is really pretty the characters are great it's so a lot of it is very well done. That's like in the past. In the present, there's a murder mystery going on where someone that Kea once dated wound up dead, and the cops think she killed him, uh, partly because she's the weird girl that lives in the marsh and no one likes her, and partly because, well, she had some motive. And these two things are fairly separate for most of the book, and the book is at its strongest when they are separate. By the third act, they come together, Kea gets arrested, she's in trial, and could face uh, life in prison or the death penalty if she's found guilty of first-degree murder. So the the trial is largely like 60 pages of here's why she could not have killed this person uh, based on timeline, uh, based on her character, based on you know the topography of the area, all that stuff, right? Like it would be impossible for her to do this murder. It would also be fairly out of character for her to do it. And because the writing is very much in her own head and what she's feeling, the fact that she doesn't say, oh, my God, I hope they don't find out I did this. uh, And the way she views the trial kind of leads you to believe, like, well, there's no way she killed him because, like, we're getting, like, rapid fire her own thoughts. So she's found not guilty. The book goes on. It kind of moves into an epilogue. And then in the last two pages, you find out, actually, she did kill him. And all the implausible stuff happened. And it was premeditated and she got away with it. And I was really happy until those last two pages where I was like, that's fucking terrible. And it makes the last third of this book like retroactively worse because it's stupid. And I was really mad. And so now I'm talking to you. But I think structurally, this is kind of an interesting problem uh, when you're writing this kind of story, right? If you're writing a mystery or um, playing with like a Shyamalan twist, because if you fuck it up, that's what people are going to remember and like that's the last thing you you get before it's over and that's a really uh strong way to end something, right? Like a s- emotionally strong way to end something is like that. I'm curious if you have thoughts on this just off the top of your head.
0: Well, I was thinking about um th- this is this is tangential. I don't think this addresses your question right away but i was thinking about the uh the first season of the walking dead game oh sure um you played that one right yes <laughs> i think that's a really good game I, I, I that's one that's one of my favorites i enjoyed that experience one of my problems with it though is um the the whole game you play as lee and he's introduced in the back of a squad car because he's he's he was arrested or he was uh, I don't remember I think he was convicted of murder and there's a part where it, it like it, it I think this is the tutorial of how conversations in the game will work and the policeman driving the car asks you a question and it says here's how you answer the question you know you push this button or you push this button okay got it and then he asks um, so did you do it. And you're allowed to say yes or no, but there's no context if the character of Lee actually did it. And something that really bugged me with that was, and this stuck with me forever, but at the time, I thought if you said yes or no, you were, like, it was improv rules of yes and. So I thought you were dictating if he was guilty or not. Oh, but really, it's supposed to be dictating if he's lying or not. But you don't know. So you don't know if you're picking the lie or the truth. And I just thought that was like a bizarre choice to hand the player without context. I would agree with that. I remember I, I remember to... that question, oh, yeah. but I
1: don't remember what I picked because all, like you said, it's <laughs> I don't. Does it even impact the game that much? Whether you lie to the police because they get killed like five minutes
0: later. Well it it doesn't. It doesn't literally like mechanically impact the game. However, I think that would impact the story if you're playing as a murderer, and then like people ask you things, and especially because later, one of the characters recognizes you from a newspaper, and they don't confront it right away, and it goes for a while, and it's like. If I know Lee is innocent, then I would confront this character one way. And if I know he's guilty, I would be more careful about that character. Right. And the words I choose, you know? And so I remember, like, there's a point where it turns out Lee did commit that murder. And he explains why he did it, like, in part four or something. But I'm playing through part one, two, and three. And, like, every time it kind of comes up, it's like, yeah, how am I supposed to take this?
1: Video games are in an interesting spot with that because (laughs) especially like as they become more and more narrative focused and are trying to tell like more uh, complicated stories because how you play the game says a lot about the character. I remember like in Gears of War, I think three, there's a part where like you get a sniper rifle and if you get a bunch of headshots like Marcus, you know, says a bunch of different things because he's like excited that he's getting all these headshots. But if you're bad at sniping in that game, you're not going to get the headshots and you're not going to get that. Like, if how you play the game dictates a lot about Marcus's character in combat, which kind of says a lot about him outside of combat. But at the same time, like, the story itself is very rigid. This is what happens and this is what happens and this is what happens. Oh, man, and it, it doesn't really mean <laughs> anything for Gears of War, but for other games, like, there's ways to extrapolate a lot of character based on how they react to things or how they treat action. Like the John Wick movies, you get a lot about John Wick by how he kills people. There's a, a mytholo- methodology to it, right? He double taps. He's very uh, careful in his movements. He's very measured. And so that says a lot about him even when he's not talking. And that has to apply to video game characters, right? Like there's no reason why it doesn't. But then how well, how you find it, what you find fun in a game might be different Based on how someone else finds fun. And then all of a sudden that character is different. And it's a weird problem that. Generally doesn't matter. But I think will start to matter more. As games try new things narratively. Especially when you have games that are like. Like the last of us where they're kind of like. Hey violence is bad. Maybe we should solve our problems with other ways. And then you're like yeah. But I'm not playing a stealth character. I'm playing a fucking like. I want to kill all these bitches character. Because I like the gun combat. And all of a sudden now you're. You're playing counter to the themes of the game.
0: I really want to talk to you about this Dead Space remake. Um, hopefully you have an opportunity to get around to it eventually.
1: Honestly, if you want to just talk about it, you can. Like, I can't imagine I'm going to get to it anytime soon. Um, uh, is it even on Steam? I don't know. I see Dead Space 2 and Dead Space 2008 and they're both 20 bucks. Uh but not the new one and I am not going to yeah, download EA Origin.
0: No, it's it's here on Steam. Oh. For 60 2023. It's very positive. Oh, here it
1: is. One exact match censored based on your preferences. What? Preferences. <laughs> Good job, Steam. Thank you. Fine, I'll be born in 1956. Just let me view the fucking page. Hey, okay, yeah, it is here. At the same time, though, I already own this game, right? Like, I don't, I can't imagine I will buy the remake when I can just play the original that I know is good
0: and will run on my computer. Well, if you really don't care. Mm hmm. Um,. But you you were we were talking about how like they, they changed it so now Isaac talks. Yeah. I was listening to this one review and he pointed out how he was very apprehensive and like concerned about this change. But what they did was pretty good and it left him pretty happy. Excuse me. Um but at the end you, you remember the whole end sequence where like you have the big magic alien stick? Yeah. Or whatever. And you're trying to move it or whatever. I don't remember exactly how it goes. Um, but basically, I, during the whole finale, um, there's conversations with characters where it, there's, like, there's disagreements. And, like, the one character is kind of acting suspicious and stuff. And and it's like, you know, what's going on? And she doesn't trust Isaac. And it's like, what's really going on? And then uh, she tries to escape and basically leave him stranded. And it's like, why is she such a bitch? So kind of goes on like that, and the game plays out otherwise the same. It's just different now that there's dialogue and characters arguing, right? Okay. There's a New Game Plus, and if you find the secrets on the New Game Plus, you get a different ending where when it gets to this finale section, um, Isaac talks different, and he has different lines of dialogue. Oh, that's and cool. And what it is is it's it's him corrupted by it where he's basically become a cultist and he's saying like he he's he's basically the same as everyone else that started to fall apart right okay and the implication is the first version is what you think Isaac was or what, what Isaac was thinking that he was saying and then the secret alternate version is what he was actually saying and why people actually didn't trust him That
1: seems a little confusing, but I guess I dig it.
0: And I think that's more, going back to your topic of twists, I think that's a more interesting way to handle uh, maybe an unreliable narrator. It's that he's actually crazy. So that's why you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. With, With this book, it sounds like she's sane and knowingly lying. So it's strange that you're inside her head, but also don't know what she knows.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was almost my biggest uh, problem with it. And I I was thinking, too, like, as the the point is the past and the present were catching up to each other. Like, if she was in jail and it was still showing the past where, like, she is killing this guy. I think that would have been really cool because all of a sudden it changes the way the court works. Because ultimately the person she killed was a bad guy. And so you're still kind of feel for her um, because he tried to rape her. And so, you know, no, nothing lost there. And the trial would have taken on a really different level of, like, thrilling, because even though she's guilty, you still want her to be found not guilty. And so, to me, that's a really kind of easy, elegant way to do it, other than, like, twist it at the very last three pages of the book. Or the other option would be to just not solve the mystery. And I know that's probably not very satisfying to a lot of people, because it was... I mean, it was kind of a B or C plot, in my opinion, as far as, like, what I found most important, but there's enough page space there where you want an answer, right? So I can see, like, not having an answer or being like, oh, he, it was an accident, and he accidentally just fell and killed himself, he didn't get pushed, not being that satisfying. But I still think that is better than the ending we got, because the ending we got is, like, so unsatisfying, it, like, harms elements of the book that come before it.
0: What's a what's a twist you liked? Like, what can you think of that was like the biggest twist where it was satisfying?
1: That's a really good question because I feel like the ones that stick in my head are the ones I don't like or the ones that were unsatisfying in some way.
0: Right? <laughs> I know there have been good ones, but for some reason, it's like I can think of stinkers where it's like, oh, they ruined it.
1: And I, I think the, that that <laughs> answer to that question is going to really depend, like. Who you ask, right? Because some people are going to be like, oh, I love this ending. And other people are going to be like, that ending sucked for X, Y, and Z. Because you can't please anybody. And so trying to, especially with long form stuff, like if you're fucking around like short stories or, or smaller things and you want to play around with this, like there's less investment. But, you know, this is a book that took me like, what, four or five days to read. Like there's, there's time investment in this. And, to get to the end and then feel like the investment doesn't pay off is a little shitty. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like twists I liked. I know like I Andor is kind of cool where like you find out you know they're the they're building the Death Star, right? But that's not really a twist. I feel like that was kind of obvious. Uh, to some degree, as it went on, and it wasn't like well, I think it
0: also that doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Like,
1: yeah, that was just kind of a neat little piece of trivia.
0: I think, um, you know what? I like Shutter Island.
1: Oh, Shutter Island is a pretty good movie.
0: Um. I think... I don't know that you can call that a twist. I think so, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I liked it. I think some people maybe didn't care for it, but I think it's mostly positive reviews on that, right? I think that movie
1: mixed reviews, <laughs> and I was always confused why, because I enjoyed it.
0: So, yeah, I mean, i I think twists can be done. Um... But also, boy, it, it, like you said, it's very easy to leave people feeling burned. Like, wait, if there's a narrative twist where it's like a, it's a revelation and you go, wow, I didn't think about it that way. Or, oh, I could never have guessed that that's what would have happened. And it's neat that then that's a special thing. But most of the time, I feel like bad writing can lead to, a you know, a, a twist that just sort of feels like, well, no, you're just lying to me.
1: Yeah, and that's what this felt like. I will say, um, The Sixth Sense, I've never seen that movie. um, But people seem to really like that one as a twist, where you find out Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. And then you go back and watch it again, and you look for clues, and like, oh, how much of it really was a twist? You know what? What's all seeded? Where's the foreshadowing? Because when a twist is done well, that that is like the, uh, the cherry on top. It's like, oh, I get to rewatch this and look for it ahead of time, and then feel clever, and like in on the joke now and so that's really cool when you can do that when it is pulled off it makes like the subsequent watchings even better and then when it's not pulled off you're just like well i probably won't watch that again
0: well yeah and it's like the like you said the foreshadowing part that's what kind of makes it legitimate is that it really was there all the time and you didn't notice
1: To the credit of where the Crawdads sing, there is foreshadowing for the murder, um, mostly in the visuals, less in like the life skills it would take to do it. So when it happened, I'm like, okay, well, thematically, like this kind of fits. But when you prioritize theme over plot, you you really run the risk of uh, of forcing the plot into directions it shouldn't go, or or just kind of losing the plot. I like think I've bitched about The Hunger Games before, but those books have a very specific kind of message and theme they're trying to get across, and I appreciate that, but I do think it overshadows the writing to such a degree where I don't think The Hunger Games is a very good book. Just from like a written craft perspective and a storytelling perspective, it's like, I get what you're doing, uh, commendable, but the uh, the execution is sloppy in my opinion.
0: Did you ever play the Mass Effect games? I did not. So, Mass Effect 3 famously had some fan backlash by the end of the finale. Yes, it did. That was a huge, huge thing, wasn't it? It, it well, it, I mean, it was unjustly huge, but yes, it was. Um, do you know anything about the story? <clears throat>
1: I know very little about the story. I know the, the things that... to My understanding of the drama was that people were mad that their choices didn't matter because the endings were all somewhat the same.
0: Well, okay, so yeah. So, the like, the plot part is, imagine, like, a Star Trek world. And then there's this one guy on a mission, and an alien artifact downloads, like, a, a warning sign in his head. That says, hey, um, end times are going to ruin the whole universe. And so you have to do something to stop it. And it's about him trying to convince the politics people that they have to stop it. And the politics people say, no, you're, no, we won't do that. You're crazy. We don't believe you. We're, we're too busy with our selfish self-interests. And then you have to, like, underdog you know, unite all the planets and and convince them to stop the Reapers anyways, right? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Gameplay-wise, the, the thing players hooked onto was the choices. Like, you can result in, like, important characters dying. Yeah. You can lose party members. Uh, there's, like, relationships and character building and actual, like, pretty big consequences. Especially by the end of 3... There's some certain there's certain species that you can just choose won't go on anymore. Um, Like some species will go extinct if you make the wrong choices.
1: That's pretty heavy. But also like as a player, yeah. that is kind of cool that you get to wield that much power in, in your story yes. and have it matter.
0: Yes. And so with that, it's kind of like, yeah, I understand what people got really invested in that element of it. Um, Narratively, back to that track. There's a bad guy who says, "I think we can control the power, and we can we can use the the power against the bad guys." Um, and I want to be the one to wield it, so I'm gonna like be sneaky and try to steal this power, right? And so you gotta stop them. Blah blah blah. So we get to the end of game three, which and bear in mind too, your choices from the first game pass over to two and three. Yep. So there's like certain characters where it's like at the end of one, if a character dies, you don't see them and you don't get that mission in Mass Effect Three. Like it's it's interesting that they did stuff like this. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, at by the finale, the bad guy's there and he has the power, and it's like bad guy, don't do it, and he's like too too late, Shepard. I have the power now and the only way to stop the Reapers is to use it. And you're like, no, don't use it. That's what makes the Reapers attack. And then the bad guy uses it, and then he explodes. And then it turns out he was actually correct, and you do have to use the power to stop the Reapers. It's just you have to be the chosen one.
1: Oh, okay, that is uh,
0: not my favorite. Also, the... (laughs) There's basically you, you activate this power and there's kind of just three choices. And the choices are literally buttons on the command ship here. And there's like a red one and a yellow one and a blue one. And you choose like, do you want this one to happen or do you want this one to happen? And the choices are like, um, you can wipe out all technology and it sends everyone back to the stone age all across the universe um, but that will stop the Reapers. Or there's another one where it's like you make everything magic and everyone has the power to fight the Reapers and, or whatever. I don't remember what the three choices were, but it was like... It, it. Basically, there's not like a clear, correct answer, but also they all conveniently save the day. So you okay. can just pick one of three answers, whichever one you want. It's not like you have to build up um, like qualifying points to unlock a solution, it just kind of at the end no matter what you did it's like okay push 1 2 or 3 on your keyboard and you'll get a a big award that says good job player
1: that weirdly <laughs> reminds me of aladdin where like they know where the lamp is but like the chosen one can only he can go get it and so jafar is looking for aladdin to go get him the lamp and it is kind of strange that like the cave is like no only this guy i've never met can come in here. It's one of those, when you start to, when you stop to think about it too long, you're like, oh, that's kind of stupid.
0: Yeah. It's, um, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things that, again, it's kind of a matter of taste. Um, some people, I, I, I mean, I think with mass effect, um, I know a lot of people were upset, but not everybody was. And wh- what they ended up doing, too, was they, like, patched the game to make the endings all, like, good endings, where there weren't any negative consequences to your choice either. Which somehow made people feel better, because I think the people most upset were also the most stupid. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it- <clears throat> I remember, like, Penny Arcade-, <laughs> Penny Arcade did a great comic where it's, like, um, like you know, Shepard's there. And it's like you know, it's like I have to save the day. And it's like, well, don't worry, Shepard. Um, you you don't have to save the day, because it turns out it was all a prank, and we're all safe, anyways. And also, it's your birthday. Here's a cake, and everyone sings Happy Birthday. Yeah, I think I and remember that And it's just like that that's one. what it felt like. Do you remember that Mega Sixty Four skit? Mm, I might not have seen that. Um, that's worth a watch. If you haven't even seen it. Um, we might save that for a little bit. Let, let's let's do that at the end. Okay. Um, back on the topic of twists. Like you said, there's like bad twists. Do you remember like being offended by a twist that was so bad? Where it's like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> um. I mean, I guess
1: where the had saying upset me. I. I. I feel like I'm generally more disappointed than I am offended, uh especially if it's something I really like, and I feel like I have to now like do some mental gymnastics to continue liking it like for this book, I borrowed it, so there's no not a huge investment. I am really disappointed because legitimately the first like hundred and fifty pages are exceptional, and then. It starts to slowly slide in quality, but it's really j- shallow. And you're like, okay, well, it's still a good book. It's still a good book. And then it and then it does the twist and I'm like, ah, kind of like I don't know about this one anymore. Um I feel like this happens more with like comic books where it's just like it's good, it's good, it's good. All of a sudden now it sucks. And whether that's a twist or just the plot changed because the author had a new idea and because The nature of comic books there's a lot less time to think about the implications of the plot changes you're making you kind of just got to go for it and hope for the best uh can be very dangerous to do um depending on what your fans want i think one of the most notorious ones um and this is i guess a spoiler for the dark tower by stephen king but that last book came out like 20 or 30 years ago now so you're probably uh, not that quite that long, but it's it's old. Um, but the, the end of the book, Roland finds the dark tower and he goes up it and he steps through this door. And then the, fir- the last sentence is the first sentence of the first book. And he's basically in a time loop. And uh, boy, the, you know, you, you make it through seven books, some of which are like a thousand pages long. And then you find out he's in a time loop. You know, if you're if you're not if you're not into that, that stings a bit. Um, I was definitely like kinda pissed off when I first read that and then uh thought about it for a bit and I was like, okay, technically, like thematically, this makes sense. Don't know how Stephen King would ever end this series, because it's like he wrote himself into a hell of a corner, uh, as he's wont to do. And there's a mythology aspect to the story, so it's kinda cool. Like it it sorta of fits if you think about it a little bit. But if you don't want to think about it a little bit, you're just like, fuck, this is horrible. I am like, I I devoted how many years and how many pages and how many hours into this series. And this is how he's fucking me over. Uh, Like, I I, I sympathize with that response because I I was really close to it until I stepped back and was like, time to put the English major hat on and not be angry, please. And I'm like, okay, it's actually kind of a neat ending. But it took a bit.
0: For me uh twist that offended me wasn't so much that the twist was bad it's that they um they're treating the audience stupid and i felt like someone was like calling me stupid <clears throat> sure uh Jurassic Park 5 Jurassic World 2 The Fall of the Risen Kingdom Did you see that one
1: Absolutely not
0: So that movie is a abhorrent a mess it's it's amazing how bad it is it's like two different movies that are both like half done and stitched together cuz like the plot just changes halfway through and it doesn't make sense um the important part that relates to the twist is um there's this uh there's this billionaire in a mansion right he was John Hammond's business partner, and he's half responsible for Jurassic Park. Um he he's bedridden, and his only family is his granddaughter. And he just loves his granddaughter so much, but also he doesn't talk about his daughter. And it becomes very clear very quickly that the granddaughter is just a clone of his dead daughter. Okay they hint at it multiple times there's a part where she finds a photo album and she she's like wow i look just like mom and he takes the photo album away is it well don't look at that and it's like come on okay yeah and there's a part yeah there's a part at the end where all hell breaks loose dinosaurs are loose people are dying and then the good guys are trying to rescue the girl and they bump into one of the bad guys. And then he just says, um, like, and, and she's not what you think she is. She's she's a clone. And the good guys, like, kind of go okay. And they leave. And it's like they forgot to make it a twist in the movie. If it, it felt like they filmed this after the fact. And it doesn't make sense. Like, the the way that they talk, the way that the characters bump into each other, it doesn't make any logical sense. Sure. And then at the very end, they trap all the dinosaurs and they're all going to die because there's poison. But they're also, like, bear in mind, this is like on the mainland. This is like in America. And it's like, well, we could let them out, but they'll just run free and wreak havoc. And so, well, what do we do? Is it ethical to kill these dinosaurs or not? And then the little girl pushes the button to release the dinosaurs. And they like, well, they're alive just like me. And they just let the dinosaurs, like, roam outside. So now there's, like, T-Rexes out attacking the zoo. End credits.
1: Oh, boy. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's kind of funny when a book... Like, there's being genre-savvy, and there's guessing the twist, and then there's, like the the media did a really clumsy job of yeah it's hiding it i know when i was reading um gideon the ninth i i guessed one of the big twists like really early on in the book and then it happened and i was like oh cool like i've read a lot of books i i I felt kind of good about this and then i talked to some other people who did not guess the twist and i was like how it seemed really obvious have you not played a video game (laughs) kind of thing and that's okay, right? Like that didn't bother me. I felt fairly smart with that. Um I'm trying to think, you yeah, know, there are other books though where yeah, where it's like really telegraphed to the point where you're rolling your eyes and you're hoping they're gonna subvert it and then they don't. And you're just kind of pissed off that they wasted your time. I cannot think of any examples, but I know it's happened.
0: I you're you're never gonna play the Spider Man game, right? On Probably PlayStation. Not. I love that game so much. Excuse <clears> me. <throat> I think it's better than any of the Spider-Man movies. I
1: I will not play most video games, Cameron.
0: Um, I well, I I wasn't pitching it. I was just like saying how much I love it. Oh, Okay. Um. There's a part where, um, like it, it you you see it coming because the way the game works is like here you know. Spider Man saves the day. He stopped the bad guy, but then it's time to be Peter, and Peter has this science internship, working for a doctor Octavius who's working on prosthetic limbs. And it's like, yeah, I, okay, I know where this is going. And then halfway through, the, the, the he he figured out the brain implant to make the limbs work better, but but oh, he's his own brain's acting up funny now, and he's acting erratic. And It's like, all right. We know where this is going. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, he becomes Doc Ock, and he's a supervillain, okay? Okay. Um, <clears throat> What's interesting is that he... Like, it, it, Dr. Octavius is, is such a nice character, and you really like him and Peter's relationship, and it feels like... Um, this could have been an actual, like, positive endeavor if superheroes didn't get involved. Like, he could have helped people, but instead there's like supervillains and stuff, and then he gets caught up in it. Um, Octavius knows that Peter is Spider-Man. And there's this like there, there's kind of this trust between the two. And as Octavius goes crazier. One of his evil plans is he releases this like neurotoxin in the city and it's killing people. It's like an actual terrorist attack oh okay and and one of the people that gets sick is Aunt May because mm. she's a philanthropist that helps out the homeless, okay, well, that's not good. that's not good, and she's bedridden and then um uh, Peter has to help uh figure out an antidote and eventually like he i i'm trying to remember exactly how it goes i kind of want to replay the game like very soon i've i've been in the mood for it but he gets the antidote and something happens where a lot of it gets destroyed and there's basically just a little bit left and he could give it to a lab to replicate and start to make enough to get around to everybody um or he can just give this one dose to aunt may and save her but she might not make it to tomorrow. So it's like, he has to make this decision now. Right. And he's, he's, (laughs) so he's at the hospital, like with aunt May in bed and he's in full Spider-Man costume. And he's like, well, well, don't worry, ma'am. We're going to, we're going to heal you right now. I got the antidote right here. And she grabs his wrist and says, Peter, I know it's you. Like I've known for a long time. It's okay. And it like breaks him. Because he didn't realize that she knew and everything else that's going on. And it's it's acted so well. And it's just one of these things where it's like, okay, I thought they were trying to be smart with the Doc Ock thing, but it's like, of course, they know their audience. And it's like, I didn't see this ending coming. Yeah, that was so much earned. It was really good.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. uh, There's some twists of, like, thinking about that they're good or fine, but they don't really, like, impact the story that much, right? Like, uh, in Speed Racer, the movie, you find out that Racer X is uh, his older brother, and that he faked his death, and, you know, yada, 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 right? And, like, knowing that or not knowing that doesn't really change the story at all, but it is kind of a neat little piece of trivia. And it recontextualizes a couple things, but not, like... (coughs) Not the plot. The plot still happens. And those kinds of twists are, are I think, totally fine. Um, I generally don't have any problems with, with those things. It, it's largely when it like really impacts the plot. Which is funny because I'll be the first person to tell you that like the plot is largely the least important part of most stories. Characters, themes, motifs, metaphors, all that kind of stuff. Like That's why you're there for a story. Because those things are, are mo- emotionally resonant. But it's funny how the plot stuff can really just fuck everything else up, especially if it's something that might be a plot hole. Like I know the whole CinemaSense uh way to critique things has gotten a little popular where if you don't like it you look for plot holes and it's like, "Oh, that's that's lazy." But I also kind of get it because when you find one that like sticks in your craw and you're just like, "Well, now I'm mad." Uh cuz I noticed a thing. Why why didn't they why didn't the author notice the thing? Why didn't the creators of the video game notice the thing? And it's, I don't know, it's such a weird relationship that you can have with, like, a piece of fiction, right? Because it can make you, like, really mad. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that, right? It, it. just You just have it.
0: You just have it. Well, okay, any closing remarks on twists? Um. I do think you summed up your point pretty well right there.
1: Yeah, I think I think I covered it. Like I could give more examples, but I don't think that that serves anything other than just spoil stuff.
0: <laughs> um. Well, before Glad Space, I do want to read an email. Oh, sure. We got an email from our favorite Richard. Richard.
1: Hi, Richard.
0: Okay, Richard writes. Duh, in the Mouth of Madness is one of my favorite movies. You should watch the trailer for John Carpenter's Vampires. I have not seen John Carpenter's Vampires well, uh, I wonder Richard where I can find that. That you watch the trailer.
1: Do we want to watch that on the show or save it for after the show?
0: No, let's watch it right now. That's why okay. I read his email on the show. I am loading it up. I am ready to go when you are. Okay. Three,
1: two, one, vampire. Now on Blu-ray. Well that's nice to know. So you're a big James Woods fan, right? Oh, uh, no.
0: Forget whatever you've seen in the movies.
1: I know I'm in the Family Guy.
0: It's not like they're obviously everybody in with cheesy Euro Trash accents, alright? I think my favorite role for him is Hades. And then my second favorite role is just himself on Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. inside this place. I know, like, he's kind of a shitty person, but I don't really know enough about him to confirm that, and I don't really care. No one. I mean, he—he he strikes me as everyone in Hollywood that's like equally shitty. It's just that he doesn't hide it as well. Sure. that is match when he the This movie, it, it, like in the mouth of madness, it's a very carpenter weird kind of movie.
2: First and. Most powerful. You are the only one who faced Valak and
1: how I call the vampire looks like Ronnie Radke in his I'm Not a Vampire master song. Vampire
2: a <laughs> <killed his> <laughs> You're gonna help us find him. It's a
0: cross. For 600 years, Valak has wanted to live in the daylight. A this movie reminds me of Fright Night. Sun,
1: it, it, it seems very silly, but also...
0: Um kind of intense. Time to
2: kill some vampires.
0: I think that's the right frame of mind to enjoy something like this.
1: Wow, a Marilyn Manson song. When was this made? Oh 1998.
0: And the whole movie is James Woods acting like he's younger than he is and like just saying, I'm very cool. You can tell by my cool jeans. I'm very cool. You
2: never told me they could do that. I didn't know they could do that.
1: Yeah, this definitely has a a, a specific vibe to it that I think if you were not in the mood for, you'd be like, well, that movie sucks. But if you were in the mood for it, you'd have a really good time.
0: That's the exact right way to... uh, to phrase that. You have to be in the right mood, but you will enjoy it. So I remember thanks the first for time writing in Richard. We love. Yeah. You kisses.
1: The first time I saw Tropic Thunder, I thought that movie was dog shit. And then the second time I saw it, I thought it was brilliant.
0: And yeah, it was I, so funny. I saw it once I didn't like it. Um, My mom saw it and she liked it. And I was like, what? Like I was convinced she was talking about a different movie. But I think she was just in the right mood and I wasn't. Yeah. Well, okay. How about a glad space? Uh anything you do want to share? Oh,
1: sure. Um I I ordered me a Nerf gun. Is That's there right. A very specific one. The it blue is one. the M41 Pulse Rifle as seen in the movie Aliens. Mm and uh, i got some batteries in that and uh it's pretty cool makes noises the ammo counter works um it's the right size Oh really? it,
0: <laughs> what? I didn't know it did that too.
1: Yeah. Um has a little like pump action grenade launcher on there it's it's like a really cool prop that is the wrong fucking color but the uh the spring project is going to be to uh make this look like a movie prop And I'm going to get my neighbor involved who's good at painting and kit bashing and stuff. And I think he's going to, he wants to help me because he, he's like, I want to buy one of these, but my wife will yell at me for being irresponsible. So if you buy one, I can live through you. And I was like, let's do it. You can, uh, there's going to be some, uh, some sanding and filing and and careful demolishing of this, uh, to do it right. So he can help me with some of that. But as, as just like a, a, a toy, uh, is it is cool it's fun to shoot it it makes the noises i i do i've been having fun with it the cat likes to chase the darts
0: that's actually a very uh, wholesome glad space
1: yeah i'm i'm going to take it into his house tomorrow cuz we usually we do ping pong once a week uh we move the days around but i'm going to bring it over and be like stan you have to check this thing out uh and and shoot shoot your wife with it <laughs>
0: Who's being irresponsible now shoots life yeah. with a gun. <laughs> uh what about you, Cameron? What are you uh what are you glad about? Well, uh recently I was reminded of this Mega Sixty Four Classic. Called, uh <laughs> Mass Effect 3's new ending. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. All right. Tell you me got when got, got open. it up. Yup, yep. Should we watch? Let's watch in three, two, mass effect go.
2: What are you watching? Today is the day Musical. EA and Bioware are going to announce how they're going to fix the Mass Effect 3 ending and undrop the ball. Because a bunch of crackheads came up with that last ending. I don't know man, it was an ending, I beat it, I felt accomplished. Okay, there was no sense of accomplishment, it was not the cumulative result of all my choices throughout three games. Stick it up your ass, Chatfield!
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the official EA and Bioware press conference regarding the ending of Mass Effect 3. A lot of people have complained that there is no sense of accomplishment and no decisions to be made regarding the ending of our game. I'm here today to inform you that we will be sending a little something to each and every player out there to make up for the
2: shortcomings. Thank you. That sounds awesome. I wonder what it (laughs) (laughs)
0: is.
2: That was quick.
0: This is great. This is a very good one. I did it. <laughs> huh? I was the
2: f***ing <laughs> I saved the planet Earth.
0: You did it
2: to get the respect I deserve. I just got this in the mail. Check that out. For saving the earth. being <laughs> Shepard, shepherd. Getting the reapers out of here. This is such a nice building. Imagine if the building wasn't here. I saved it. It's the best ending you could get. So I'm feeling on cloud nine right now. I was wondering just if there are any free donuts you could give me. <laughs> I was wondering if there was like a victory or celebration ice cream I could have. So I thought... I put maybe like, uh, fill this up with Dr. Pepper. I destroyed the Cerberus bases. You a buck for a <laughs> no, I, just not, I don't want to take anybody's money. That's not what, I just want some you know, appreciation for my accomplishments. The world was saved. It's not going anywhere, because I already saved it, but a donut would make it nice.
0: I can't. It is my
1: favorite. They're committed to the bed.
2: My mind is blown. My mind is blown. I went all over town and showed everyone my trophy and nobody liked it or gave me any special treatment. Yeah, that's because you sat on your ass and played a video game for 30 hours. You didn't accomplish anything. What? Nobody's impressed? Really?
0: (laughs) So... (laughs) There's some trivia on this one. They actually filmed an alternate ending because they got too much footage of people mistaking him for, like, a special needs person and actually giving him free ice cream.
1: Oh, no, but also that's really funny.
0: So they, yeah, so they have, there's another, you can look it up on YouTube, but there's actually another ending where he does, like, get an ice cream. He's like, I did it. And it's kind of just, it's sweet that someone took pity on him, but it's not quite the same, like, punchy ending this one is. Yeah.
1: I know there's been other times where like passerbys have been like, oh, they're homeless. I will give them a couple dollars or buy them a cheeseburger or
0: something. Right.
1: And it's sort of like, oh no, they, we're this is a comedy sketch. Uh, where's you know like what do you do with that right? Because it's like totally not the point. But it makes you feel good that they're like, oh, there are good people out there who will, will help someone in need. You know, there's no oh, no too. strings attached.
0: Um but yeah this is an especially good skit. And a topical one. Like at the time this came out so fast, it was just perfect.
1: I wonder how people felt about this cuz they're definitely like roasting uh some of their fans, right? Like there's So
0: a- yeah, actually that part where he just like listed like all the problems with the ending, that was literally just a quote of an actual forum post that they found. Oh really? Yeah. Like they were, they were definitely calling certain people out. Um, I think there wasn't a lot of negativity on this video because I almost feel like those are different audiences. Sure. But yeah, this is a classic. So that's my glad space. That was, that was a good one. I really enjoyed that video. But yeah, I guess with that, I want to wish everybody well. You all take care.
1: Yeah, this is a good time. Hope everybody had a good time with us and uh you know, get yourself a trophy that says you did it if you're feeling bad and then look at it and be like, "Wow, you, I spent money on this. I did it." You did
0: it. Actually, that would be a really good conversation piece to just leave in an office.
1: Honestly, that's a really good idea.
0: Cuz you could just make up a different answer for each thing.
1: Yeah. that's funny anyways (laughs) take care take care everybody